saw some of you Kentuckians moving a little bit on that, those fiddles and stuff and banjos. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here with us this morning, and uh, let me just say that uh, we hate the passing of Bob Shalotto. It's good to see Bev here this morning, it's all from the kids, and uh, Amen. Bob went home to be with the Lord uh, Friday morning. Service will be this Thursday. Uh, viewing will be from 11 to 1 o'clock, and then the service will be 1 o'clock right here at the church. And so uh, let me encourage you, that's for Thursday, and so uh, we can pay our respects uh, to Brother Bob. Uh, Bob was so much to this church, it's hard to explain. But uh, we're grateful that we know he's with the Lord right now. And so that's our hope that we have. As a matter of fact, the last three weeks, the past second and third week, our church was associated with, had some then outside of families, of eight funerals uh, in uh, those two weeks. And then, of course, this week, we've had Brother Bob pass away. And then in our neighborhood where I live with Bob Richardson and them, uh, we had a good friend lived right behind Bob, uh, Mr. Cave, and uh, he was a great old man, loved God, and uh, he passed away this week also. So as a result of that, uh, I'm thinking about heaven, <laughs> thinking about going home, and I thought I'd just revert back, reflect a little bit about heaven, if that would be okay for this moment. Now we know the Bible teaches that there are three heavens. Uh, there's the clouds, the earth's atmosphere, those heavens, the first heaven. And then there's the second heaven, that's the universe, that's outer space, that's the celestial heavens. Uh, that's the second heaven, actually. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> that's where we're going one of these days. And uh, Satan has a little place there, and he operates out there. One day, we're going to take his... The, uh, those fallen angels place in that second heaven. We're looking for that, looking forward to that. But then there's the third heaven. That's the paradise, the abode of God. That's beyond what our telescopes could ever, ever show up. So we're, we know that heaven is a place. Heaven is the believer's hope. It's our comfort for our future, isn't it? Second uh, Corinthians 5, 1 and 2 says this here. For we know that if our earthly, uh, our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. And that's our future, that's our comfort. And also, heaven helps us to have a balanced worldview. It helps us to keep our priorities right at times. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, or verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Your true love should be the things of God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him, where? In glory. And so, in this life, it's okay to have things 
and uh, likes and laughter and all those things. But in reality, the most important thing in this life is what is eternal. And we need to serve that eternal. Also, uh, that tells us uh, that suffering is only temporary. Temporary. I'm grateful that it only lasts during this lifetime. Uh, one day it will be over, won't it? It states in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And then, for I reckon that the present, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I'm grateful that only suffering is for a short time, in a sense. Uh, when you compare it to eternity, it's just a blip on the map or a blip on the, the lifespan. I think I had my mom, I've had my grandfather, my mom, five sisters uh, die of cancer. And uh, I saw them suffer. But I'm grateful that when they closed their eyes, their suffering was over. And then they were in the presence of God because he is eternal. Now, when we think about heaven, there are questions that do arrive. Some people say, well, listen, are the dead, those who have died, who have believed? Now, when I say believe, that's an individual person who understood they were sinners and they could not save themselves. Not anything they could do of themselves. But they realized God loved us, sent his son to die on a cross for our sins. And on the cross, he paid the penalty, the punishment of all of our sin upon himself on that cross. And he shed his blood there. And he died. And three days later, he rose from the grave. That's called the gospel. Death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And if you come to a point that you will believe in your heart your need, but also that what he's accomplished is enough to wash away all your sins, give you eternal life. If you will believe him as that, your Savior, he's enough, his work, he saves you right that moment. Just believe in that gospel. And so what happens to that individual person who passes off the scene? Well, some people, uh, it states in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, he says this, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. Now get this. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Some think that that's saying they're not with the Lord yet because the rapture hasn't happened yet, so they're not with the Lord yet. And so they don't think they're with the Lord at this moment. You have to take the context, 1 Thessalonians. The believers were questioning, what about their loved ones who had already died? So Paul answers them. He didn't want them to be ignorant or unaware of what's happened to them who are dead in Christ. It states there in verse 13, or in one of those verses, verse 14, no, he says in the middle of that verse, concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. And he goes on to states that those that are asleep, God will bring with him, okay? Now, in order to bring them with him, they have to be 
with him. If he comes from heaven, he brings them from heaven with him. Amen? Now that's a great point right there. 2 Timothy 2.1 says this here. Or I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians 2.1. 2 Thessalonians. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. What a hope. What a hope that we have. You know, I just bypassed one of the greatest passages on the rapture, the departure, that Paul ever wrote in the scriptures. You can go back to it, fellas. I missed it. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. You know it. A lot of you by heart. I don't think the guys up in the booth know it, but if they would put it up there. <laughs> but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now get this. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend. And it goes into those great verses right there. They are already with the Lord. Now, their bodies in the grave, how can they be with the Lord? Their soul and their spirit are saved and they are taken to heaven. And they await for the rapture to where their body will be raised and their soul and spirit will be reunited with their body in a glorified body. Amen? That's the hope we have. We who are alive at that, time, at that moment of the rapture, our physical body will be transformed into glorified bodies also. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in twinkling of an eye, the last trump for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise uh, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, this body now, must put on incorruption, our glorified body, and this mortal must put on immortality. We anticipate seeing and being with the Lord and our loved ones one of these days in the future. Aren't you looking forward to that? How many here have loved ones that are already gone? Amen? Because of God's word, he says, you'll see them again if they're saved and you're saved. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 says this here. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, what? Comfort one another with these words. I don't say that by the authority of me or this church. I say it up on the authority of the word of God. Their soul and spirits are already with Christ. And at the rapture, they will return and we'll meet them in the air. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 49 says this here. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we lived here on earth, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. 
In other words, the bodies we have right now, they have to be changed. They have to be transformed because our bodies are biologically related to Adam. And since it's related to Adam, our bodies are sinful and they are vile. And as they are at this moment, if they went to heaven, that would taint heaven. We can't go to heaven in sinful bodies. And by the way, that's why the body is left behind when a person passes. Their soul and spirit goes to be with Christ, but their body, because it has not been transformed yet, remains behind. But we're guaranteed by God. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. In the purpose, plan, and mind of God, we will be completed one day. Amen. Romans 8.23 says this here. Romans 8.23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Our soul and spirits saved, but it's our wicked body of flesh that's the problem. Amen? But one day, God will transform that, and we will put on our redeemed, incorruptible body that is fit for heaven. So I say to you, our deceased loved ones' bodies have to be raised, changed in order to be reunited with their already redeemed soul and spirit that have been with Christ in heaven in a sinless place. This was the reason, the confidence, the hope that the apostle Paul had. He said in Philippians 1.23, For I am a straight betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better I'd like to leave right now and just go on and be with Christ. Then he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, you know it well, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The moment you close your eyes, it's goodbye here, it's welcome home there at that very moment. Paul knew this truth because he had been in heaven with Christ already. It states in Acts 14, 19, and 20, and there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul drew out of the city supposing he had been dead. And by the way, he was dead. Howbeit, as these disciples stood around about him, he rose up and came into the city and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. Can you imagine that? What happened to Paul when he was stoned to death? What happened to his soul and his spirit? Notice this, 2 Corinthians 12, 2. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body. I cannot tell, but God knoweth. Such an one caught up to where? The third heaven. He's speaking about himself. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. I've said before, if somebody comes saying that they've been to heaven and back and they want to talk about everything in heaven, 
Paul said you can't even utter that. Amen? Now, if Paul were not awake after he was stoned to death there, but he was just unconscious, unaware of his surroundings, is that better than being conscious in this life? I don't believe so. In this life, at least, we have an opportunity to honor Christ. You see, Paul could say that. He knew that after death, the Christian would be aware of his surroundings because he would immediately be with Christ. Somebody said this, the affairs of this life pale in comparison to what we see, feel, and hear up there. Then the question people always want to know, will we recognize each other in heaven? Maybe you want to hide from somebody now, I don't know. <laughs> but the answer is yes. Jesus, after his resurrection, he didn't have to reintroduce himself. He had the same body, just glorified, but the same body. He had the same scars. They said the same Jesus you see taken up is the same Jesus who's coming back down to the earth. You remember on the Mount of Transfiguration, he, Jesus took Peter, James, and John on top of that. And when they got up there, they saw two men and they knew immediately who they were, Moses and Elijah. He, they knew them, I believe, intuitively. We will know each other. Matthew 8, 11 says this here. I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with who? Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. There he's talking about the kingdom on earth, but Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are the same people. We're going to be the same people with glorified bodies. Woo, that's going to be good. You remember the rich man. The rich man died and in hell, in torment. But after death, his body's dead. His soul is in hell. He's in a soul form. You can see your soul. You remember uh, Revelation 6, 9 through 11, and they saw under the altar the souls of them. It has our physical form like. And so after his death, he knew who Abraham and Lazarus were. After his death, he knew that his five brothers hadn't come to hell yet, and he wanted Abraham to send somebody to warn him. So after death, they still were alive in their soul and in their spirit. Amen? 2 Thessalonians again, or, or 1 Thessalonians 4.17, it says, just notice, remain shall be caught up together with them. One day there's going to be a grand reunion never to be separated by death again. What comfort would there be if you didn't know who the person would be? Huh? What? Don't you want to see your mom? Your dad? Your husband? Your wife? Your children? Who have gone on before you? You mean tell me you're not going to recognize them? Come on. You will recognize them. Then some people are afraid. They say, well, wait a minute. If you know that Somebody you know, they didn't make it to heaven, 
that didn't believe in Christ, if you know that, won't you be sad? Well, I don't know about being sad, but they use Revelation 21, 4. Revelation 21, verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Now get this. For the former things are passed away. They try to say, that's your memory. Let me just say something about that. The context of that verse is after the thousand-year reign kingdom, after the white throne judgment. We as believers, if we go out and run, we've already been in heaven for a thousand plus years. <laughs> Amen. So it has nothing to do with us anyway. This doesn't mean the loss of our memories or our loved ones. I, I believe we will know that some of our family members didn't make it. But always remember this. God makes no mistakes. God's justice is always right and always fair. God did everything he could possibly do in order to save that person. But for some reason, they chose not to believe in Christ. And as a result of that, the father says, they've treated my son's work as nothing. And as a result, that's where they need to be. I also believe that in heaven, I really believe this, that we will have a godly mindset. Remember, we drop our old nature. Our old nature is gone now we are in a glorified body, no more sin. And as a result, we think godly. We think as God thinks, and we will agree with God's will, whatever that may be. Some people say, well, well what about babies or a young child? When they die, do they go to heaven? And I say, yes, they do. It's very simple. 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 22 says this. And he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted, David said, and wept. For I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? Then he says, but now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Now notice, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. David knew he was going to paradise. God had already promised him that. And he said, I can go. That's where that child is. You know, uh, some people say, in heaven, how old will they be? Will they remain a child? Uh, I don't believe so, forgive me. I believe they'll be 33. Now, that's my own view. That's when Christ died on a cross as the perfect man. And I believe that that's the age we will be. Now, you can debate that. That's okay. You're wrong. Now, notice. <laughs> but you'll never find in the Bible a child in hell. Deuteronomy 139 says this. Moreover, your little ones, which you said should be a prey to the enemies, and your children which in that day, now get this, had no knowledge between good and evil. 
they shall go in thither to the promised land, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. And that gives us kind of an understanding that there is an age of accountability. I think that's important. Romans 4.1 says this here, because the law worketh wrath for where no law is, there is no transgression. Romans 5.13 says this here, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed, not put to one's account when there is no law. There is no personal guilt to one who cannot reason, who cannot understand. And that includes the feeble-minded people. The Bible says comfort the feeble-minded. I believe they're covered by the blood of Christ. So think about this. You have Israel and you have their program. And John says this to them, 1 John 3, 1 and 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's Israel's hope. What about our hope, the body of Christ? Philippians 3.21 says this here. For our conversation is in heaven, our citizenship, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to his working, whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. One of these days, he's coming back, going to change us and we'll have complete salvation. Our soul and spirit's already saved. Our body will be glorified, saved, completed. What a hope we have in Christ. I remember at my mother's funeral. At the end of the funeral, I walked by her casket. I reached down and I kissed her on her forehead. I said, Mom, I'll see you again. <laughs> and I know I will. Because she's saved and I'm saved. I remember when Steve Welch was passing and before he went to semi-coma and all that stuff, <clears throat> I talked to him. I said, listen, Steve, when you get to heaven, tell my mom I said hi and tell her I'll be seeing her. One of these days face to face, face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? When with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me. You see, there's only two answers when you die or when the rapture happens. The first one is, at last, at last, my faith becomes sight. Amen. Or you'll say, oh no, I'm lost forever. I would plead with you on behalf of Christ, don't leave this place not knowing Jesus Christ. Amen. Believe in him today, that he died for your sins, he was buried, he rose again. If you believe in that gospel, he'll save you today. And then you can have 
these things have I written unto you that believe upon the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and you can know you're going to heaven. This past week I received a letter and uh, somebody that we care for and it says this, something has shifted in my heart especially over the past year. I'm sure it's just probably age, but God has been stirring my heart a lot. He's given me so much clarity and single-minded purpose to see that every single thing I am doing today is in preparation for my life in heaven. Yes, I've always known that, but it's unusually strong now. I told my daughter that the best way to describe how I feel anymore is like when you're getting ready to go on a vacation. You have that excited feeling in your stomach. I literally feel that excitement that I'm getting ready to go on a fun, wonderful trip. I creep the kids out <laughs> because I talk a lot about dying and at my funeral and what I'd like to do in heaven. I mean, think about it. The thing, heaven that we've talked about, thought about, sang about, invited other people to, it's literally almost here. Woohoo. Amen? It's close. I've asked for a song to be sung at this time. I'm not sure. Rachel, I wasn't sure if you or Stan was going to do it. Thank you. And she's just going to sing a very, very simple song. Uh, listen to the words of it. Uh, I ask him to do this for me if they would. Thank you, Rach. A pen here for your thoughts, I said to the old man. As he sat there on a park bench all alone. With silver hair and wrinkled brow, eyes gleaming, he smiled and said, just thinking about my home. He said, I'm thinking about home, thinking about going home, dreaming about leaving here, ready to be moving on. I'll be gone, but until then, I'll be thinking about home. I said to the old man, where's your home and what's it like? He said, oh, ain't nothing around here can compare. You see, a king had it built and gave the deed to me. And all my family is already there. And I'm thinking about home, thinking about going home, dreaming about leaving here, ready to be moving on. 
awaiting us. We know it's real. We know it's true because your word says it is true. And that's what we put our entire eternity upon is the authority of your word. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. I just pray that uh, you'd comfort the Shalotto family this coming week and just pray that they just keep their eyes looking up and uh, we'll all be there one day and sooner what we think. We believe that you're soon coming to meet us in the air is soon. And I just pray that we get ready so that we would make you proud when you look down upon us and never be ashamed. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.